Randall King is Texas and traditional country through and through. He's never lived outside of West Texas. I sit down with Randall. We talk about music, the pandemic, and a very important cover tune on this week's episode of Red Dirt America. We need them. We needed them to come together and be uh, have an identity together. So we weren't just dropping out songs. We had we had something that went with it, and uh, they, they were scheduled to be released. I think like I think May or something like that of 2020, and then COVID hit. Pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance to real country music. This is Red Dirt America with Chuck Taylor. I want to thank you for 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 doing this. I mean, uh, uh, absolutely, man. I, I really appreciate it, and I've been meaning to try and get around to interviewing you for for a while now. We haven't had a chance to actually sit down and get to know each other. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, I'm looking forward to it myself, man. I appreciate you guys supporting me and spending my music and helping us build a fan base, man. I appreciate it a lot. So let's start off by talking about uh, Record High. Uh, the song is like tearing up the, the, the Texas music charts in uh, record time, you might say. <laughs> yeah, it hit, a, uh, it hit a record high pretty fast, man. Uh, Josh Abbott sent me a text and was like, man, what the hell? You going to jump me this week? <laughs> I was like, I, I I didn't even know. I wasn't even paying attention to uh, the, the chart this uh, on Monday. And then uh, he texted me. I was like, oh, okay. Well, cool. Sorry, bud. Next next week, we'll go head to head. See who keeps it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it's cool, man. We uh, The song really hadn't even been out uh, too very long. And uh, for it to already hit a number one in Texas, it's, it's a it's a big honor, man. It's a it's it's huge. And here's here's the thing that I love: you are very neo traditional when it comes to your your country. You know, it's you're you're like a uh, you're like a young George Strait almost. Thank you, man. I appreciate that a lot. You know, uh, right now That's a lot. A high compliment. A lot of the stuff is getting put out, you know, from Nashville. I'm not talking stuff from Texas. I'm talking stuff from Nashville. A lot of the stuff that's getting put out uh, has rap beats to it. It has click tracks. And I think a lot of people, and it especially became really not uh, really known during the pandemic, but I think a lot of people have been wanting uh, some more traditional sounding country for a while now. Yeah, man. I, I think honestly that people just want authentic. They want they want something real, something from the heart, something that ain't manufactured just to try to get a number one on radio. And uh, you know that's that's what a lot of uh, for the last ten years, I feel like that's what a lot of has uh, been what's going on in, in the scene is people, you know, trying to adapt to to make some money, hit a number one on the radio, and you just and I think a little bit of the writing suffered in that sense. But in the last two years, three years, I've watched. I've watched Nashville change, man. You're watching, uh, you're watching the game change. You know, John Party put out, uh, you know, if she ain't in it. Now that's, I mean, it's country, stone cold country. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Kojo's getting out there on national radio. Uh, we've done, we've, we've been able to get up there in the top 30 on the national charts. So uh, we're, we're still breaking in and we're going to keep pushing it. And uh, man, it's just one of the things I think everyone's ready for, real country music and, and authentic tracks. Well, uh, and, it, and it looks like Texans are leading the way. 
Well, we trying. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you talk about Kojo, you talk about yourself, even the project that uh, Miranda Lambert, John Randall, and Jack Ingram put out, that showed real raw songwriting from the Lone Star State. <laughs> Man, absolutely. You know, uh, and then it takes a bull Park McCollum to sit at number one on national radio. So, I mean, and it's, and it's a country song. Uh, it ain't no hip hop rap. It's, it's, it's authentic country. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's coming back around, man. I'm excited to see it. Well, you jumped fast from the Texas music scene where, where you, you started out to uh, getting picked up uh, and having a major label debut in 2020 and an EP at that. And now not a lot of labels will put out an EP. They want a full album, but you got to get Warner Brothers to put out an EP for you. That's got to yeah, feel pretty man. good, man. It feels great. It feels great. Uh, you know, we dropped uh, when I first signed on a signed on. Uh, I actually signed on in September of 19. And uh, in the fall, we dropped out three singles, which was uh, a little project with She Gone, Burn of Both Ends, and uh, Hey Cowgirl. Which Hey Cowgirl was our first. Uh, I thought she Young was our first national charting song, and then Hank Cowgirl jumped it. And uh, and then 2020 hit, and uh, I lost my sister in April of 2020, Leanna. And uh, we were scheduled to just drop three singles again. <clears throat> we needed uh, we needed we needed them to come together and be uh, have an identity together, so we weren't just dropping out songs. We had we had something that went with it. And uh, they were scheduled to be released, uh, probably, I think like I think May or something like that of 2020, and then COVID hit, and then Leanna passed, and uh, I was sitting out in her Jeep <clears throat> the night she passed, uh, looking up at the stars, and the idea for the Leanna EP all just hit me, came together right there, and I knew I needed to record "I'll Fly Away," which is the song I got to sing her home to Jesus too, which. Uh, was a high honor, man. Not a lot of, not many people could get that opportunity. You know, I was very blessed to have it. When we put together the CP and I presented it to Warner, and from the moment I presented it to him, every detail I had it already down. From the artwork to the song choices to why songs were on there, what they had, why they were tied back into Leanna, and uh, they loved it. And from the moment I presented it to them, they were all, all on board and, uh, Warner's been incredible, man. They they put me on they put me on a bigger platform and, and really figured out how to market it. And they've been great. Well, that's that's fantastic <laughs> because you hear these horror stories all the time of guys who who get that brass ring, who get that record deal, and then they find out that, well, we like your sound, but we we want you to record the songs we want you to record. We don't we want to have creative control over everything. And it's nice to hear that you actually got to have all that input. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's been, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing to be able to sign onto a label. And uh, before you ever sign, the first thing they tell you is, hey, man, you have final say in your music and what you do. Because I told them, I was like, man, look, I can't get on that stage and sing something I don't believe in. It's not going to come across believable. It's going to come across fake. And when I'm on that stage, I want everything to be authentic. I want, the crowd to feel my music and feel my emotions and, and, and know who I am as soon as I take that stage. 
Let's get to know a little bit about who you are. When did you decide that this is what you wanted to do, that music was your life? Uh, music's always been what I wanted to do since I was a kid, but uh, it took a long time. It took a long time to get to where uh, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> you know, uh, I went to college uh, at Texas Tech for about a year and a half, trying to figure things out. Uh, I was a business major, music minor. And somebody told me, if you're going to minor in something, you might as well major in it because you don't need no fallback plan. My dad wanted me to get a business degree real bad, and uh, my heart wasn't in it. And uh, my grades showed. So I went, nope. Switched over to South Plains College out there in Loveland, just outside of Lubbock. Got a sound tech degree, learned how to produce my own music. Started up a band. Started playing uh, singer-songwriter nights every Monday at Blue Lot there in Lubbock, <laughs> which uh, has produced a lot of uh, a lot of big guys out of Texas. Uh, but uh, you know, I just started getting my feet in the scene, going out, doing it the hard way, booking myself, managing myself, producing myself, writing songs. Arranging everything for the band for the live show, uh, it was it was a hard grind, man. You know, I moved uh, I moved out of my house in 2015, moved into uh, my '93 suburban, my '95 <laughs> GMC, uh, a buddy's buddy's uh, closet and couch, and uh, <clears throat> I just grinded it out. Every dollar I made, I laid flooring on the side. Waited tables at Texas Roadhouse uh, up until that point, too. And uh, every dollar I made, I put back into my own business and just found the passion to go out there and get it done because ain't nobody was going to hand it to me. Yeah. I wanted it. So I stuck my nose to the groundstone and went to work. Man. I didn't take no for an answer. Wait, that's, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. There's got to be something in that Lubbock water, though. You, you, you brought up oh, there Lubbock. It is. I mean, we're talking Joe Ely. You know, Butch Hancock, uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, Buddy Holly, you know. Mac Davis. Uh, Mac Davis. Davis, exactly. Tomorrow, Pat Green, Josh Abbott, Wade Bowen, Fallon Cavery. Randall Mike King. Good Lord. <laughs> it's a long list. Red Sheehan, there's a long list that came out of love. Yeah, that uh, that that water, maybe it's uh, uh, the flat. I think it's the spirit of Buddy Holly, man. I think the spirit of Buddy Holly, just, when, you're, when you're a musician in Lubbock, it just... I just, I think he's the what's in the water, man. Well, I, I heard that, but the Flatlanders also told me that it was probably the uh, the Lubbock lights and the UFOs that are out there. I ain't never seen any UFOs up there. Now that's a Marfa lights. Marfa lights got got some weird things going on to it. Uh, from my end, uh, I think it's you know the dust, the cotton, and the feedlots that are out there. That's, that's pretty much all there is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm just going by what uh, what uh, Joe Ely and, and Jimmy Dale Gilmore tell me. So that's hey, that's where they, they came they from. They probably ain't wrong. <laughs> I ain't, ain't going to discredit them on that. They probably ain't wrong. So let me ask you this: the uh, what was the uh, oddest job you ever took to uh, to earn a buck when you were were trying to make it? <laughs> Man, I did some I did some crazy things. Uh, try to try to make a buck. I'd say. Man, I I don't know about artist, but uh, and I did I did a lot of different different jobs. I I washed dishes in uh, one of the dorms at Texas Tech. Uh, I worked at Subway for a second. Hated that. <laughs> uh, I mean, laying flooring was definitely one of the toughest jobs I did. But I, it was a good trade to learn. Man, I learned a lot of uh, 
a lot about uh, flooring and backsplash and designs of things. So when he's uh, hell, one of these days, build my own house, I can go through and lay my own floor and do what I want, do it right. So, I mean, it's like you learn trades, yeah. which is what I love. Learn something new. What about songwriting? Where do you uh, where do you draw your inspiration? Now, I know we, we know about Leanna <clears throat> album. We know where the inspiration for that one came from. I'm talking about stuff like Record High and, and the other songs <laughs> that you've got out there. Where, where do you draw that inspiration? Yeah, uh, for me, it comes from uh, it comes from daily life, man. I watch I watch scenarios play out uh, amongst the world, man. I, I just sit back and watch people. I'm, my first job was busting tables at a place called Pancake Station in Amarillo, Texas, and uh, I went in, and I'd get in about I was sixteen years old. I'd get in about six thirty, seven a.m., and all the people in there. The old men just sitting around, you know, bullshitting, drinking coffee. And so I learned, I just sit there and listen to it. And I, I learned about a lot about life and just listening to people's conversations. And I take inspiration from those things. I take inspiration from my daily life uh, into my own songwriting. Uh, but as far as, as far as like record high, uh, that's record high and a song called You and a Honky Tonk are uh, on this next record and, and they're the only two songs that I actually I didn't write but they were pitched to me by a couple of guys that I, I do write with and I loved them and I was like oh yeah we cutting this if it's my personality perfect so uh, outside of that man everything else has been I either lived it seen somebody lived it uh, you know, Hey Moon was a good friend of mine that was going through a custody battle with his ex um, over his little girl, you know, and uh, I just take any any scenario in life. I just try to take it and apply it to my songwriting. Yeah, uh, that's that's good advice, uh, especially you know uh, for for young songwriters. Something you said really stood out, and that is you know record high and, and the other song that are that you didn't write on this next project, but they still fit you, and you you found songs that fit you and fit your style. And it didn't matter that somebody else had written the songs because a lot of the young guys starting out are like, well, I'm going to play every song of mine and I'm not going to play anything that somebody else wrote. Yeah, man, it's okay to branch out and then, uh, and stretch your abilities. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's a fun challenge to take somebody else's song and make it your own. You know, we, we uh, from the demos and everything, we definitely played both songs. I recorded both songs very differently from the demos changed some things up and uh, made a little more, made it a little bit more country, a little bit more up my alley of uh, what I would do if I'd have written it, you know? So it's a, it's, it's, it's a challenge and uh, you got to grow yourself somehow. Absolutely. Who's, who's producing this new project? It's a, it's a co-produce. It's Bart Butler and uh, Ryan Gore. Bart produces all of John Party's stuff and Ryan Gore's the engineer behind it. And uh, they tag teamed with me. And then uh, I, I got a heavy influence of, uh, of my personality in there. And uh, it's a great combination, man. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better combination. They're, they're incredible and they're smart and know what to do with me. 
you, you, you bring that up uh, that they know what to do with you. Do you find that good producers like that will push you harder than you'll push yourself and, and maybe get things out of you that you didn't even know you had in you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I mean, for starters, you know, if you listen to, uh, if you listen to my self-titled record, there's, I think, three songs total that have fiddle. I just, I never wanted fiddle in my music, unless it was just, unless it just really called for it and was necessary, or it took a prominent lead role. When I first started out in the industry, I wanted a five-piece band, and I could only afford one auxiliary player, because you have to have bass, drums, and electric guitar, and of course, myself, which makes four, and I need to one, one more guy. And I wanted still guitar because it would set me apart from a lot of what everybody else was doing in the scene. Not many people had a still guitar in their band and it was a prominent primary role. Most people would go after fiddle, but I would, the way I wrote songs, when I write a song, I have the production pretty well already in my head. And I based, I based a lot of what I wanted to do around a steel guitar. So in that self-produced record, you can hear it's primarily a steel-based track, and there's a little bit of fiddle. When I started working with Bart and Ryan, they pushed me out of that box a little bit and uh, helped me realize that you can put, you know, you can put fiddle in a track and it not take over a song, which is what we did with Hey Cowgirl. Yeah, it's in a track, but it don't take over a song. We don't sound like an Americana band. We still sound like traditional country. And I was like, okay. I don't have a fiddle in the band still. <laughs> so I have to be careful what I do with the fiddle. But, right. you know, it got me out of a box. It pushed me out of that box and it opened up our sound. And you'll hear that on this next record. It's this, this next this next record that's coming out <clears throat> is, a, is a much wider version of me. Do you feel that you've grown with this project because, because of that? Because, I mean, it, it kind of sounds like, like, like you have, because like you said, they pushed you out of a box. Do you feel that this is probably some of the best music you've put out? Absolutely, man. If you're not, if you ain't growing, what are you doing? Right. I mean, you're just sitting back, sitting back on your ass, and that, that ain't something I, I've ever done. So, for me, I always push myself and... uh I write as much as I can, uh, try to keep it on my mind, push myself in that element. And, uh, this, this next record, the writings, uh, the writing's definitely better on There's songs that I've, there's even songs I've written that are three or four years old that are just been sitting waiting to get cut and put on the right record. So I, I'm excited about some of those. We've even played some of them live. A lot of there's even a lot of my fans that know, uh, some of these songs that are going on this record just for me playing them acoustic at certain shows. So it's, it's going to be cool, man. I'm excited about it. We just came out of the pandemic and, and I know you had uh, the loss of your sister during the pandemic, but as a musician, you also had the loss of doing live shows and, and now shows are coming back. What was that feeling like the first time you got to get back up on stage after the pandemic and, and, <laughs> and play in front of an audience? Well, check to be really honest with you, I only had uh, about two and a half to three months of downtime in, in 2020. Uh, they shut us down. We were actually the very last show to be played. Uh, pretty much the country shut down 
in uh, a rodeo in South Texas decided that they weren't going to do that. And uh, we didn't, we, you know, we were contracted, so we didn't really have much choice. And we played it uh, on that Monday when everything shut down. And then that was my last show. After that, everything canceled, shut down. And uh, we were off. We came back, played one show in May. Uh, it's kind of a out, <clears throat> outdoor, out, out in the country type of show. Uh, you know, protocols were obviously met. But come June and July, we figured out once, once the restaurants started opening back up, bars started treating their venues like restaurants. And they brought in tables and seating. And, you know, wait staff would come and then they would come to the table and, and serve you there. You couldn't get up and go to the bar. You wore a mask coming in. You wore a mask all the way to your table. You got to the table, you could take it off. Put your mask back on to go to the bathroom. If you got up, put your mask back on. You get to the table, take it off. And we played. We were, we were fortunate enough to go in and play. Uh, yeah, man, we played. Normally, normally we play 130 to 150 shows a year. We, I think we only, we played about 85 to 90, but wow. from July through December, we were, we were stacked. We were just going in, playing the smaller clubs, keeping everybody safe. And I have a low overhead. We just up the ticket prices, do a lighter, do a smaller capacity, sell it to the seated tables. And we went in and we rocked it and folks out there had a great time and we were able to keep, uh, we were able to just give something back to the country that was just missing. Excellent. And I think it was a great thing. A lot of guys couldn't do that. So, I mean, that you, you didn't have to really think about having to reinvent yourself like everybody else did when, when everybody else is doing these uh, online concerts. So you actually got to yeah. keep doing it. We, we did an online concert one time and it was, it was all right. Uh, it was weird. Cause you know, there's nobody, there was, we did it out in Copeland dance hall and there was nobody in the venue, obviously it was just us and the film crew. And, uh, we went and played it and did it. And it was, I mean, it was, you know, it was cool, but, uh, it was weird. It was weird for sure. Even the, even the seated restaurant gigs were, were kind of weird because we went from being a dive bar honky tonk rowdy band to, uh, going in and playing what is essentially a theater at that point, you yeah. know? So it's, it's a seated, seated venue, so you treat it almost like a theater, but we didn't treat it any different than our Arkansas shows. We went in and still brought the energy and went, uh, you know, went balls to the wall, and people responded well. That's great that you got to keep doing what you love doing then. We were, we were very fortunate, man. We were very blessed to be able to do it and uh, you know, do, it, do it the right way, keep people safe, but give, give, give a little bit of life back into some people, man. Let me ask you this. What is the one thing? Because you, 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 you seem to have uh, a, a pretty lucky career so far. What's the one thing you'd be disappointed if you get, never got to experience it? I don't know, man. I, I try not to think that way. Um, I keep a positive mind frame on uh, everything that I want to do. And, uh, I set my goals and my sights. Like I said, I don't take no for an answer. So for me, uh, my goals would be uh, headline the rhyming for yeah. sure. Uh, and it would, 
would be, uh, you know, selling out arenas and things. So now, now if I didn't get to do this, like, uh, I'd love to be able to one day, uh, do a duet with George Strait. I think that'd be badass. but if I don't get to do it, you know, I'd, I'd be disappointed, but I would understand. So it's one of the things I try to keep a positive mind frame and, uh, I believe in the verse of uh, in God's verse of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The world is uh, the world is open. You just got to believe it. Asking you will receive. Well, how, well, how about a uh, a duet with Willie one day? We'd have to do it pretty quick, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm going to uh, wrap up the interview with just a couple qu- quick questions. If they were to create a Randall King sandwich one day. You get big enough that some restaurant somewhere says, we're going to make the Randall King sandwich in honor of Randall King. Mm-hmm. What's on that sandwich? All right. Game on. We're going to go toasted wheat toast. All right. I said toasted wheat toast. Toasted <laughs> wheat bread. Uh, turkey, pepper jack, cheese, and bacon. And tomatoes, and you toast the whole thing all together. And then you throw a little bit of mayo. It's uh, a, there's a friend of mine that, that makes chili patine seasoning, and it's it, it, it kick you in the butt, and it's uh, it's real good. Now, we put that on there, avocado, and uh, that's it. I'll have to get uh, the chili patine uh, recipe for, from you because I love hot stuff. I've done the pepper X. Uh, oh yeah, and I think I think this old boy sells it. He makes it right there in his, his backyard, grinds it all down, and makes his own seasoning. It's man, it's uh, it's something else. Well, let's ask the uh, the last question. What song changed your life? No doubt, mirror mirror. It's a toss-up between Mirror Mirror and Another Bullet. Another Bullet was the song that helped me get my management. It, it, it literally got me my manager, uh, Scott Gunner and Howie Edelman. And I wouldn't have anything without those guys. Those guys have put me in every position to succeed. And we've gone in kicking the door down. And I don't know that there's a management company that's ever worked harder than those guys. I love them to death. and would do anything for them. Um, Another bullet got me that, which got me, in turn, got me a booking agency and my label. So I, I owe my career to another bullet. But Mirror Mirror is what really put us on the map that built a lot of our fan base. Yeah. You know, we were, before we ever even cut that song and put it out, we were playing it. And people were singing it back to us before we ever recorded it. And I knew it was going to be a big hit for us. What was what was that moment like when when people started singing that song back? Because obviously, <laughs> I mean that's that's an incredible moment for an artist, right? Yeah, man. Uh, you dream, you dream of that. You don't just dream of playing venues and having people in the front. You dream of hearing them sing your songs back to you. And it took a long time for us to get to where people, the whole crowd, knew our songs well enough that they'd sing them back to us. And now, you know, they sing. I sing them all back, uh, unless it's a brand new song, which obviously. <laughs> but, but nowadays, you know, we, we crack into Mirror Mirror, and you just watch the crowd light up, and they they scream it 
every word, man. And that's that's pretty much all our songs now, which is but Mary Mary is still that's still the top one where we're just like, Yeah, hell yeah. And then they get rowdy, start slinging some beer. It's amazing <laughs> what real country music can do. Amen. Amen on that. Well, I wish you uh more moments like that. I hope you Thanks, have a ho- whole lot more moments like that. And uh when is this album coming out? When is the uh new project? We haven't we haven't made the announcement date yet. But I know it's the the beginning of next year. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that. Uh, look forward to getting to meet you in person sometime. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll make our way over there at, uh, at one of these days, man. I'll just well, sit down. Maybe we get one of them Randall King sandwiches. Yeah, go get a Randall King sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate you, brother. All right. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. If you enjoyed this episode of Red Dirt America, make sure you like and subscribe so you won't miss any more episodes. And if you'd like to, leave a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks, and we'll see you down the road.